Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitter. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. You want me to say, what the fuck do you want me to say? Jesus Christ! For this fucking show, Jesus! Like, what? What next? Are they going to execute Bambi's mother for the second fucking time? Just stop! You, you psychopaths! Madmen! Ladies, gentlemen, and MBs, welcome to. The most depressing stream of thought that will ever happen uh, for Warrior Death Show. Like, it's going to take, like, is it technicality being tops or bottomed? Um, you know, like, when we come along with something worse, like, than what's happened here. Because, like, if you've seen the episode or if you've read the manga, you know. You know. Y- y- yeah, you know, like, I I have no name anymore. I'm just a hollow husk of a man. I am just an empty shell. Uh, you know, just going to blow away into dust in a little minute. Uh, and on the opposite side of the ocean is, uh, well, I hope he provides me with some healing, for he is, of course, the sore doctor. King of downtown, checking in. Happy holidays! Oh. <laughs> Happy holidays! <laughs> oh, boy. Oh boy! Come I on. actually, I, Apanova. I, I am afraid to say I have no alcohol. Uh, I really should have done that. But I thought, nah. All this stuff I've been reading in the periphery about this episode being awful, like for for entirely legitimate and intended narrative reasons, I thought, nah, it's all overblown. It's, it's rubbish. 
yeah, nothing bad's going to happen, truly. Some some daft stuff's going to happen. Or it's going to look perilous, but then things will be fine. It'll be great. Everyone's happy. You know, it's like it's like when Luke gets electrocuted at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, you know he's not going to die. He'll be fine. His dad will come in and, you know, he'll fucking throw a bitch into a, you know, exhaust tube. Uh, no, turns out I was wrong. Again. And, well, here we are. I want to believe. I want to believe he still lives. But... Well, you see, folks, you, you, you know, this is the thing, right? This is why me and Doc work well as a pair on Warrior Desho, because he is, of course, the Mr. Glasses Half Full kind of guy. I can be on occasion, but right now I am full cynical, and as far as I'm concerned, he dead. He dead. He's dead, Jim. Like, dead, Jim. There's nothing more we can do. Well, at least he wasn't killed in the laissez-faire manner of Star Trek. It's true, it's true. I mean, also, I hate you because I'm the one who has to dis- like describe this story. I'm the one who has to explain it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you, you got lucky with the coin toss to decide what order. Like, shit. Alright. Totoro anyway. is trying to hug you through the screen. Alright, okay. So, before we get to As I Lay Dying, the truth and advertisement, like, you know, example du jour of anime. Yep. Oh, just fucking hell I I don't even uh, before we get to that let's briefly talk about the polls from last time okay um, um, just just offer some little, little bit of levity yeah uh, like, like, like well, a deep inhale you know I hate to break it to you but if you recall last time uh, I forgot oh. to do polls and then I said I'll do the polls after the show and then Macross Delta happened, so I didn't do any polls. There are no polls for episode. Can 21. I point? You know, if we were doing an early episode in the show and that happened where we forgot to do the polls during the live stream and ultimately did them after the fact, we'd have done them. But this is the episode in which all you know this this is the you know Luke, I am your father moment. This is the this is it. So. No surprises here. Please. All right. Me know. Well, well, well. Bef- I guess I can just uh, provide a little bit of a buffer and to give a couple of uh, informational bits. So, as you may or may not know, as I lay dying is the William Faulkner uh, story. That's where uh, this name comes from. They're they're pulling more from Faulkner lately, which I like. Uh, and this episode, like uh, all the others, um, at least as far as Wikipedia is concerned, uh, is directed by Hiroshi Seko, and we talked about uh, Seko last time. So, but we're going to talk about uh, the scriptwriter for this episode, um, Nobuyoshi Arai. And... I hope he chokes on his pen writing closing moments. <laughs> Harsh. 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 Uh, Arai uh, has written a few other Banana Fish episodes. Uh, the second episode in another country uh, was penned by Arai. And uh, episode 8, A Banal Story. As well as episode 12, To Have and To Hold. And I believe... Nope, also did 18, uh, Islands in the Stream. So, uh, penned some, some good episodes of Banana Fish... Has a short CV overall, though. Um, 
It's one of his things on the CV listed that he's a psychic vampire who feeds on the misery of others. It's not. I think that's evident. It's I want to change that. That's not an oh I see, that's an uh that's in other experience. That's not in the anime staff section. But that that's in the other relevant life experience. So So here is uh the here are some of the highlights, and these are basically the only things on here. Um and this is really funny to me because so we were, you know, told, look, uh, you know, banana fish is not like the second coming of Yuri on Ice in terms of progressive storytelling of a gay couple. Yeah, I don't I don't recall fucking um Victor getting assassinated by a sniper rifle. Although what I think that would turn out to be if that was the alternate Ooh. ending to Yuri on Ice. Well, Yuri's blood on the ice more like <laughs> alternate ending uh blu-ray only um jesus christ so this the the writer arai directed uh episode four and 12 of yuri on ice so i think 12 was the finale if i'm not mistaken yeah you know full well he penned that sniper rifle thing in there and then he just got handed back to with red sharpie all over it uh, with the word no on it like That's no right. explanation just no 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 she was like nope not in my show <laughs> um but it's funny so so from one mappa to another right uh but also uh a show near and dear to my heart as you all know kakegurui uh was the episode director and storyboarder for episode 11 a particularly excellent episode if i recall uh, but other than that, there's not really much else. Arrival's production advancement, again, whatever that is, on a couple Crayon Shinchan movies, and a Duel Masters episode, which I think is a Yu-Gi-Oh property. Gonna hold my hands up and say I don't know for sure. Uh, and something called Shinkansen Hinke Robo Shinkalion, the animation directed an episode of that and that's literally everything but i think we hit the the main important highlights with with kakegurui banana fish and yuri on ice so someone who appears to be at least in terms of like relevant tv anime like fairly new on the scene but they seem to be working at least in my opinion on some pretty quality productions Mm -hmm. bye-bye okay this is this is going to be difficult. Like, I mean, you know what's maddening? That is the worst part of this episode in terms of how awful it is for the characters, but there's still plenty of other awful shit in between. Like, okay, fuck it, let's do it. Let's go. Buckle up, bitches. This is going to be Banana Fish episode 22. <laughs> As I lay dying. Take off just kid gloves. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat yeah, anything. Just, just... We're just doing it. Okay, so, so after the worst CSGO game in history, uh, Ash and Co. are captured. Um, they split up the various gang members to go to locations. Ash is going to be staying here. Uh, the rest of them, if not all of them, it's not entirely clear to me, but are going to be taken to our favorite, you know, Metal Gear Solid level, the Mental Asylum. They're going back there. Yep. Dr. Manaheim's going to take good care of them. Keynote, by the way... Um, at Max is amongst the group of people who will be going there. Uh, this will be relevant later. So, after the OP, Colonel Fox 
the you know carrick survived that he is yeah or, is there being all being all menacing like yeah you know what i'm just gonna this say this right scene, now man. this this Fuck this scene, scene it's awful but i i just i don't feel much of it because i don't know who the fuck he is i'm like jesus christ all right anyway i'll talk to I just felt so okay. bad for Ash. Like, mm-hmm. again, again with this. Again. Hey, the mm-hmm. People can't fucking... <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Please continue. So, so Fox is like, you know, okay, why don't you know go back to Monsieur? Like, starts talking about Ash's animal-like qualities. Um, and then, after beating around a little bit, uh, he, he basically wants to extract information from Ash on banana fish, or he doesn't know what that is. But that he knows, or at least suspects, that there's some sort of, like, you know, silver bullet, you know, like a doomsday weapon or whatever the Corsican Foundation has, and he reckons Ash knows. So he wants to press that information out of him because he reckons he can use it for himself. To do what I don't know, because Colonel Fox might as well literally be a fucking Terminator for all I care. Like, seriously. Um, but Ash doesn't respond to violence. Well, he does, of course, if he can fight back, but by which I mean it's not a method of coercing out of it. You know what the funny thing is? You'd think that Fox, as a soldier, might understand how to properly interrogate people, or even understand the concept that interrogation, you know, particularly nasty methods such as waterboarding are not effective in coercing information out of someone. You know? I mean, that's not been something that's been discussed amongst, like, you know espionage circles, you know, and his public knowledge. But then again, you know, Fox, he's probably the one character who has an animal namesake who doesn't live up to said animal. Fox shit he is. There we go. Now I'll go. Just, well, I was going to say he's French, but then I just, I forgot again. He's just a French merc. He's not actually French. He's mm-hmm. from unnamed European territory. He's from Belgium. Belgium. Specifically. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the one who uh, the villain in Austin mm-hmm. Powers Three hates is that correct? Or is that no? That's I the Dutch. Seen <laughs> I haven't seen that one. He said, "Wow, that's I, a, that's." A... There's only two. <laughs> it's a weird poll. I just remembered, like, well, I thought it was the Belgians, but it is the Dutch. Like, he makes this one joke that, like, to this day, still gets a smile out of me. Uh, there's only two things that uh, that I can't stand. One people that have no respect for other people's cultures and to the dutch (laughs) just made me happy it's It's true it's true just to mention the chat uh, people say that originally rather than saying i'd kiss a slug um in the manga he says i'd rather give a monkey a rim job (laughs) you can't say that on television sir that's why they changed it (laughs) Uh, excuse me have you seen banana fish the show like, uh, the content that's in it and the things that are said and discussed? Come you on! You can't say the word rim job on television. <laughs> but you can, you can, you know, infer it. Sanders and practices are fucking weird. I know, it's very strange. It's very strange. They are, as they many, are so weird. As many people, animated people can die as you want, but no nipples. Mm. No nipples, no boobs, no but no. Alright, so speaking of which, unfortunately, uh, Fox then decides to have his wicked way with Ash because, well, at this point, like, the, the show has very clearly established that, you know, man, woman, 
animal, inanimate objects, sea an enemy, you fucking name it. Uh, all things are horny for Ash. Uh, so he just goes for it. However, I'll give it this scene some credit in it, in its use of it because it reestablishes a point what long brought up for. In that, yeah, Ash doesn't respond to bad. She beat the shit out of him. He won't tell you anything. But being violated, that he definitely does respond to. Even if he doesn't necessarily tell Fox the information, it's very clear how he reacts in this scene versus him just beating the shit out of him. Which is like, ah, bitch, please. You know, a little bit lower. Just get a little, you know, I've got itch right here around my rib. Yeah, a little bit lower. That's it. Right there. Keep going. Oh, that's great. Keep at it. Um, So, yeah, that happens. Fantastic. Fox is an asshole. We knew... I don't know. Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, AG, um, Kane, and Jessica are observing the outside. And they know that there are like a couple of guards around there to go try and contact Ash to get in. Is Singh uh, there Ash as well? I can't. I don't uh, remember if he's I there th- or not. I think he might be. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, they're all waiting outside to, you know, play uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. You know, changing games now. <laughs> no more CSGO. Rainbow Six Siege. You've got to tactically plan our entrance here and save the hostage. Uh, but in true fashion... Come on, guys. Um, Let's do it like we did last night in Frozen Synapse. Ready? Break. Okay, <laughs> now. Um, so, Ash, however, has spotted that Fox decided to drop a cigarette. Because Fox is a dirty litter, he doesn't even stub it out when he goes. Which, to his regret, will cause him problems. I mean... This is just an elaborate anti-smoking ad. This whole yeah. scenario... <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so, Fox sends in two of his goons. By the way, his goons all look like the... Uh, they all look like generic character presets on any modern RPG. Like, you know, <laughs> you can just go for the presets. They all look the fucking same with mild cosmetic changes. Oh, this one's got different hair. This one's got facial scan. Oh, my God. Um, so, they, they come in they start working Ash over. Uh, but he, at this point, has got hold of the cigarette... Um, and is using it to burn through his bindings, uh, which he eventually does. Takes one of the guy's knives, stabs him, throws it, gets the other guy in the head. Uh, But in doing so, the guy starts shooting as he falls backwards, and obviously Fox hears it. All shit, hell breaks loose. You know, Fox decides to do... You know, like, I don't care for Fox, but there is a difference between him being a non-character and him being, like, a ridiculously cartoonish cliché. Mm-hmm. Where he just goes, I'll get you next time! <laughs> I mean, even throws down a smoke grenade to cover his exit. I'm surprised he wasn't swirling a fucking cape. Don't forget what I said. He barely rises above the level of Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Yes, Gadget. Yes. Rub. This man, Rub. This man and his impressions. <laughs> I... Well, I know what Doctor Claw gets to. To <sighs> Jesus, <laughs> the, the cat. What's the cat's name? I don't remember. I, I do, the group, do. the organization, is called Mad for some reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the cat's name. But I remember that Iron Glove. I can never. Forget. Yeah. Yep. Did it have Just a ring on it? Day. Did he have a gold ring on his middle finger? I can't recall. All I, all I know is that basically Dr. Claw's presence in the show has been someone who just gets really mad at his Netflix subscription all day. Like, 
I paid money for this, and I could have gone better than that. Curse you, gadgets. That's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, at so least, anyway, uh, uh, at least like the villains and um, the bosses in like Sailor Moon or Galgagar or Magic Knight Ray Earth, like that. You know, they, they don't. They're like Doctor Claw in that they don't do their fucking own dirty work. They send out mm-hmm. other other people lower down the corporate ladder of villains to to do it. Mm-hmm. But at least after a few mistakes. You know, they're like, okay, you're you're out, you're fired, you're done. I'll kill you or imprison you. You know, mm-hmm. on shows like Inspector Gadget and Power Rangers, these assholes get like fifty chances to do something right. At some point, a performance review, negative performance review, has to impact you. Well, we can't when it's not the end of the season yet. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. The the it's one the guy truth. in gold armor. I say, how many times has he been beaten by the Power Rangers? Christ Almighty. Oh, Every episode. He was so oh. shit he got punched out by an unmorphed Tommy Oliver. <laughs> wow. Wow. Right. Yeah. Superhuman like monkey flying monkey man with a sword, and then the guy just literally punches him and out, and I'm just like Rip Goldar. <laughs> then again, he wasn't as shit as Goldar from the Power Rangers movie of recent times, so let's be thankful for that. Anyway, so back to banana fish. <clears throat> so Ash escapes, catches up with the gang, who are also just... They, they hear the gunfire, they break in, see what's happening. Uh, there is a rooftop scene afterwards in which they uh, you know, discuss the immediate aftermath. Mm-hmm. I again have to say, I really get the impression that this is like a very condensed version of a, of a volume from the manga. Because mm-hmm. we've gone from Ash being captured to him being out again in the space of six or seven minutes. <laughs> and I will say mm-hmm. up front, I think that you know the tension well, would be there at all to be honest, uh, if more time was allowed to see Ash in Fox's clutches. But then again, Fox himself is not a great character. I mean, call me crazy, call me nuts for suggesting this, but hear me out. I think this would actually been far more intimidating if Blanca were there. I know that's a fucking mm. high standing, given I didn't really care for him at first. Yeah. But, He's way well, better than Fox. <laughs> so much better. Well, it's not a hard bar to clear. No, to be it's honest. not. I'm I'm a better no. villain than Fox for the show. No, and I'm no. not even in it. <laughs> exactly. Um, key thing to know about this rooftop scene is that Kane goes over to Ash, who's been caught up with a knife. And he's clearly in a bad state physically, and as it turns out, emotionally. Uh, and he's like, "Look, hey, Ash, like, what's wrong with you?" And Ash just bats him away in a slow motion cut. Uh, he still doesn't obviously want to be touched by anyone. Um, but this is where AG comes in. AG comes over to him, doesn't say a damn word, and just hugs him. Oh, just holds him close. Healing hug. The hug of healing. Because he, he knew. Like, Kane doesn't really, like, he might conceptually know of Ash, but he doesn't know intimately, like, or at least can't infer what just happened. Um. So, AG, though, he knows. He understands Ash, and he understands why he's showing this way. I have to give credit to the animation. You actually see Ash shaking at points in this as well. I, I really appreciate little details like that, where they, you know, they give characters like very natural and very human reflexes to trauma. Like, um, mm-hmm. also take note, of course, that wouldn't even let Kane touch his shoulder, but of course, we'll let AG and Mahog immediately after being violated in such a grotesque manner. What I mean, a, what a moment. Really, I mean, clearly they have a long and healthy life together in which they'll be able to... You bastard. You absolute bastard. I know. I know. 
Can I just say, I'm, I cannot, I want to imagine the reams and reams of Alcyverse fanfic where AG does not say, you know, pull a bodyguard. I'm so sorry I made that reference, but it's true. <laughs> Bear in mind the song. Read the song lyrics in your head. Um, it's true. What song? <laughs> I Will Always Love You. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's it's true. It's true. <sighs> um, so, yeah. Um, Sings like Second in Command, was it Lang? Is it? I, I cannot remember his name, because honestly, this plot point has kind of just wow. been... Like, Lao, because this plot point has kind of been going over my head, to be honest. It's just like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he starts, like, you know, having a pop at, like, um, Ash and Singh for not going after the other guys who were bundled in a truck away to the mental asylum, to which everyone quite rightly points out, uh, what were they going to do? They'd gone at that point. They couldn't chase after him. They, be, they didn't even know where they were going, necessarily. Um... So this is lying again, like, you know, protesting because he's obviously been that tasked with killing Eiji, but he's just like, you know, still getting up in Ash's grill. Uh, speaking of which, Lang then actually does have a proper argument with uh, Sing in the next scene after Ash basically says, with a look, go serious or go home. Go hard or go home. Right. Um, like, did you, did, did you... It feels like a lifetime ago, but before the end of this episode, but did you smile a little bit when Lao was like, Sing, I just wanted you to be the king of downtown. <laughs> I just, oh. That is like, a, a, I just can't stop thinking that that's a hilarious it, title. <laughs> well, the, the, here's the question. We might want to put this to a poll. When uh, Lang says that, he's referring to A, being a crime overlord, or B, being on a Broadway musical. The latter, clearly. What well, so so Broadway musical or what? Oh, King of King, you know, Prime King, King, you know, <laughs> yes. Lord, Lord, <laughs> Lord of the Criminal Underworld. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, Singh makes a very good point that you know, okay, doesn't matter who's boss of the Chinese or whatever. At the end of the day, they'll always be disposable tools of Golzine and Lu Young. They're thinking... always going to play second fiddle. And ironically, right, this is like him uh, having a lot of self-doubt about being a boss, but he's thinking like a boss should think. He's thinking very big picture here uh, yeah. about the I mean, future I mean, of their group. And But Lao is just like, no, man, I don't want to, like, acknowledge this other guy, man, because, like, can I... he sucks, man, and shit. You know, I have, I have a feeling, call me crazy, but I reckon that, you know... Lao is actually the reincarnated spirit of Arthur. Because he strikes me as very kind of the same kind of, you know, pig-headed, you know, tool as thick as concrete with an empty hole, vacuum inside kind of mentality. Like, okay, we'll kill him eventually. Shorter never, like, you know, bowed down to him. That's because they were friends, you shit. (laughs) Um, And besides... What are friends, man? We're in a gang. Man, we don't. I like, we don't I, do friends, man. Man, I, I really hope that he just keeps putting more and more mans in, like you know, into his speech as he goes, as the show progresses to its conclusion. So he's basically like, "Man, sing, man, you don't understand, man, <laughs> man." And he's just uh, like kind of like crying into his sleeve, just going, "Man, you know, man, like 
man. And then, of course, when if, if Sting were to die, hopefully he doesn't, of course, but he would die, he wouldn't go, no, he'd go, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so Sing and Ash have a brief conversation on the stairs, um, and Ash Sing asks like, "Have you ever regret becoming a boss?" I'm actually just refreshing my memory on the exact line that Ash says through response to this. All the time, uh, and he says, he says all, "All the time, time. all the time." Um, yeah. I'll give. I'll be fair to Ash. Like part of that was possibly not by his own choice, but it, thank you. Still, yeah. it's entirely fair. It's entirely mm-hmm. fair to say. Um, and this actually is a hint towards the discussion he and Angel will have later. Uh, a discussion that has come up before, which is, what next? What happens, you know, after this is all over? What becomes of Ash Links in the normal? Can he be a normal person? Can he live a normal life? Uh, well, you know, as long as he's got a plucky, you know, charming old smiles, young whippersnapper lad like age at his side, I think it's going to be all right. Why are you so mean? Why are you so cruel? Uh, Look at what you're making me do to poor Gretzko. That's going to burst by the time we're done with this episode, I must say. It really is. She's very flat at the minute. She's slowly kind of... Yep, now she's... She's re- reformed. She's and Gretzko's going to... Can't stop Gretzko when it floats. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> So, uh, Lang reports into us. Uh, report, sorry, Lao. I'm sorry to say, I don't want to keep saying Lang. No, um, I'm Lao Chinese, reports man. Into, I don't have this American name, dude. Lao reports you like into my, uh, like, puffy vest, man. It's North Face. So, it's like I'm a generic, uh, forgettable character. <laughs> I mean, uh, anyway. I just want to see. Like, the only reason, like. Yeah, I mean, he's just a walking, like, spanner in the works, I guess. Like a, like a, an agey doubter, a traitor. So I, <laughs> I have a, like, I want to, not an agey doubter, I'm sorry, an ash doubter. I always do that. But I want to see him get hit. I want to see him be proved wrong. Like, I want to see him, like, have that moment, like, of acknowledgement in his eyes. Even if he doesn't say it out loud. Like, in his eyes or his mind, he's like, holy shit, Ash Link's. You are everything that you say that that you are that the people say that you are. Like that's that's what I'm that's what I'm living for right now. I have to cling oh. on to everything that I can. Well, at least you're living for something. <laughs> oh, that was that was how I should be saying. Sorry, that was quite that was quite nasty. Acid burn. Uh, anyway, so speaking of acid burns, uh, Luke Young is giving Lau the dress down for not having killed AJ as of yet. And basically says to him, right, you're off the team. Go go hit the showers, think about what you did or didn't do, rather. Useless wanker. What a waste. Uh, absolute waste. Um, and after that, we get a scene with Luke Young and Blanca. And two things happen in the scene I found really funny. Uh, Luke Young basically wants to try and turn Ash into a demon, as he calls him. We get this very nicely animated scene of mm-hmm. what looks like, I imagine, uh, of what Ash's persona would probably look like in its ultimate form if he had one. Yeah. Come on, you know I'm right. You know I'm fucking right. Either that or it's Stan. Um, and totally. the intent, I think, behind this is that, funnily enough, I watched this episode literally after I watched Thunderbolt Fantasy Eleven. Um, so similar idea as Mr. Annie Massigale here, which is that he wants to delight in destroying him 
but not killing him. Ruining him as a person, letting him, you know, explode, just be left as a physical husk, a physical shell, you know, like nothing there, no life, no spark, no energy. And he has astutely asserted that Eiji is the key to doing that, you know, kill the uh, one source of innocence and goodness in this man's life, leave him with nothing left. And you get the set for several Death Wish movies. No, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> Age, uh, Ash does not become Charles Bronson. No. Thank no. Oh, fuck. Those movies are shit, by the way. Like, if you ignore anything, if you like call all the horrible graphic, uh, like, and something like, funnily enough, they're actually enjoyable action movies, but... Ugh. Anyway. <clears throat> so, Blanca, um, actually, at this point, after hearing uh, Luke Young's discussion, like, of what he's going to do, um, he... Says he, he, you know, he can't abide this. He's gonna go, leave. And indeed, he walks right past him, and like there's a little hair swish. And well, that's that ship dead. It's gone. It's gone. The only the only way that ship keeps a sailing is in the fanfiction.net website. Yeah, yeah be, that's it. So, it was a good ship, but it is now sunk. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Never mind. Um, anyway, what's happened is that Luke Young has said, okay, uh, Lau couldn't do it, so I'm going to send, uh, you know, James Von Disposable <laughs> and Baron Von Redshirt. <laughs> and I know that the best time for me to do this is... Definitely like Hair 2 and Hair 6 from the creative yeah. character. <laughs> create, a, yeah. create a character in, like, uh, Sleeping Dogs. <laughs> yeah. They, they ha- they're, just, they're just generic NPC names. Like, you've got, like, you know, uh, Fug and, you know, Bandit or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, they're off to go uh, kill AG. And Leung has actually come up with the most amazing plan ever, which is that he's going to literally go straight into the eye of the storm by trying to have AG off while he's right next to Ash, because it'll leave Ash. How has like... no one thought of this before? <laughs> Why is he the first one to do this? Because he's the smartest man in the show. Except Ash himself. Well, I guess, yeah, everyone else... Like, I don't think anyone else wanted to kill uh, Eiji. They just wanted to, like, kidnap him or kidnap Ash. So, yeah, they're just like, you know what? Just fucking shoot him in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go to the chase here. Let's be efficient about this, right? Who is Shouty? So, uh, that's Shouty? one of the... I'm assuming that's one of the two oh, uh, disposable goons. Right, right, okay. And Sing... I could be wrong. ...got mad. Yeah, I'm sure he did important things. It's still, yeah, yeah, he delivered yep. some some very hot coffee to Sing Suley. <laughs> he was a master at basket weaving. <laughs> Fucking great. He bought All the right. disguises for Lao. Mm-hmm. Colored Shorter's hair, maybe. Maybe he was the the one who supplied him all the purple that, dye. That's that's a that's a big deal though. No amateur can handle dye Shorter's hair. Like it takes yeah. a lot of work to get it that good. Well, he definitely anyway, outlived um, his, his purpose there. This <laughs> so. is true. Um, so, um, essentially, Luke Young tells Blanca where um, Ash and Aegis are going to be, uh, the warehouse specifically, on the docks. So, yeah. Because um, I think at this point he changes his mind based on what Blanca says to him. You know, like, I don't think Aegis actually is Ash's weak point. So That was, an inter- that was a very interesting line. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting so, line. So, Leung says, all right, off you go then. There you are. Try and stop him, I guess. Um, 
Meanwhile, meanwhile, over at the uh, mental health asylum that's now being turned into Outer Heaven, our fucking Shadow Moses Island, uh, we've got Golzine, um, Dr. Manaheim, and Colonel Fox. You know, they're all engaging in, you know, in a margetoire of villainy here, just like, you know, being generally quite evil. They're upping the security of the place, given that Ash broke out previously. And I just literally thought at this point, the place already had state-of-the-art security. What the fuck are you going to have next? Are you going to put traveled. xenomorphs in the in the vents? Like, you know. We traveled forward in time and brought a security system from the future back here just for this. It's called Skynet. <laughs> I'm looking for Ashlings. Mm-hmm. Oh, back. Uh, unlike another character in this show. Links. Oh, if only he'd said that. If only he'd, if only someone else had said that at some point in the show. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna keep rubbing the salt in. I have to because it's my coping mechanism. I'm sorry to say. Oh, oh, dear, oh dear. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they're discussing that, and it turns out they do indeed have Max in custody. They've been pressing in for information on where the data on Banana Fish is. You know, you remember that plot point from over, like, earlier in the show where they had like you know the flash drive and the, all that. Um, Max, of course, in He's also not capitulating, much like Ash. Uh, so Fox comes in, and he's, like, you know, beating the shit out of him. Uh, Fox, because he's an idiot, actually lets slip to... <laughs> he lets slip to Max that Ash got away, because... What more can I say about Fox other than the man is... He's a fucking chocolate fire guard. Man. He is. He is, he is a Swiss condom. I'm sorry. Full of you just say a chocolate fire guard? Yes. What is a chocolate fire guard? Fire guard made of chocolate. What happens when you expose chocolate to uh, heat? Ah, fire said. Okay, so I'm just unfamiliar let me, with the let me get fire pe- guard. Let me, get, let, me get, let me get Penny and just go, bing, drop. All right. Um, I just don't so, know what a fire guard is. <laughs> or we call them something different. Just to stop children from playing with fire. You know, you've got little kids that are running around. You put the fire. Anyway. Gotcha. Gotcha. Anyway. Uh, so... Max is not being cooperative. And this is the point where something happens and that I'm just like, oh, this is the awful thing. This is the awful Moses episode. Uh, Fox whips out a um, a syringe. Now, initial reaction, oh, she's a drunk banana fish. But bear in mind, Fox does not know what banana fish is. So he can't have at this point acquired a sample of it somehow through means known or unknown. No the fuck you was doing with it. So I'm just going with the assumption it's just regular truth syrup. Because, indeed... They do get the location of the safe deposit box where the data is being kept. Um, however, because Ash is a you know two thousand IQ genius, has already figured out they'll press Max for information. If Max breaks or gives it to them for whatever reason, they need to preempt them and get the information out, which they do. And it's then Jessica who is actually reading the information on a laptop, and she's disgusted and appalled at all of this. Um, which then leads to a conversation between the two, where she says she was like she wants to ask him something, but then. He correctly, you know, guesses that she wants to say to him, what, how, how can you deal with all this incident? What's happened to you? Now you've been raped, you've been abused and all that. And he says, I have to. And she's like, I took me six months to get over. Like, how, how can you keep doing this? And Ash just replies, because I'd be dead if I didn't, which is... Like, I don't know how to feel about this scene, but I don't really have an opinion that I want to articulate about it. I feel like 
probably most any way you can feel about it is pro- is probably valid. I'm gonna like come down on anybody for feeling about that scene a certain way or not. It no, exactly. I don't know. If I, I I've I'm unsure how I feel about it. I have I've mixed emotions, but but yeah, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Go ahead. This is fair. This is fair. Um. Oh, we're not done with the recap yet. Don't worry, sorry. We're not. We're not through to the the big moment in which both. Well, yeah. Fuck. Okay. We're um, the alcoholic moment. Yep. So, uh, chess master Yute Long is playing uh, checkers. I think you know. There's there's your big metaphor for the episode and his character in general. <laughs> um. And you know, was he planning? I'm trying to remember the exact lines that were said. Um, yeah, this is the point. Actually, uh, I apologize. I got a bit ahead of myself here. This is the point where he reveals um, that she's indeed, you know, very vulnerable when Aji's actually around him as opposed to away. Um, and that's when Blanker, I think. Um... No, actually, sorry. Game song side here. This is when the two goons end up being sent off to go and get. Um... To go get Ash and Aji. Or to, yeah, to kill Aji. Like. Luyung knows they can't kill Ash. They're not going to be able to do that. The man's bulletproof. But, Maybe you, you can know, kill Ash. And they're like, mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, but sweet innocent aging, though? Nah. He, he He's, you know, he's easy. You know, worst escort quest ever in the fucking show. Keeping <laughs> that kid alive. Although most satisfying, just because aging's cool. Or was cool. Yeah. God damn it. Anyway, uh, we then have a scene. Oh, this is where... This is where we start getting the two days before retirement, you know, flags coming up left, right, and center. And as soon as this was happening, I was like, oh, you fuckers. What are you doing? Why? Do what us. are you hinting at? What are you fucking doing? Um, so we get some nice stuff here where um, Ash basically says, right, you're taking Shells with Newsweek and Jessica, um, which seems a bit like a daft idea, to be honest, taking Shells with a journalist, you know, a newspaper office. I mean, hardened, you know... Bombproof bunker off the grid might be an idea, but you know, the public offices of a newspaper not who cares. <clears throat> um, they have a discussion about like you know how age is now like nope I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do what you say this time. I will. Um, and it's all very sweet and charming between the two of them. Uh, this, by the way, because again, I kind of melded the scenes together in my head, unfortunately, right. uh, was when uh, Blanca, you know, walks out of the young to try and, I presume, intervene and stop the two guys from actually attempting the assassination. Yeah, he says, you cannot, uh, you cannot kill. I don't, I can't remember if he says, I won't let you kill him. I think he just says, I don't, you shouldn't kill uh, Okumura Eiji. I think that's, that's how he, Yutlung is, is upset that... Mm. Blanca is not being emotionally faithful to him. You still love Ash. No. Mm. You still want to protect him. Even after all that shit you told him about, you know. But he's just still, you know, obviously still cares about him. Doesn't want uh because I don't I don't think it's for Yutlung's sake. I mean I guess you could argue that, but I think this is totally for Ash's sake. Mm. Yeah, I'm still really conflicted how to feel about him because I keep going back to the same old fact that he was complicit in letting all the horrible shit happen to Ash, which he clearly knows about. So how much you can truly say he does care about it to me feels like there's a hard limit on that when you don't when you continue to allow that kind of abuse to go without intervening. Yeah. 
that's that's a hard sell. And that's tied to what I said before about the problem with the show. Problem, quote unquote, is a very subjective thing here, mm-hmm. in which I think that you know it could have possibly done a little differently where the rape wasn't a thing, and then that way some of the certainties might first it. But we could do the what ifs all day because I'm just really trying to delay talking about what happens next because it's media next scene. Um, so Ash and AJ start discussing about let's go to Japan. You know, come with me, please. That'd be great. You, you, you'll be fine there. You'll do great. And they actually start speaking Japanese. And uh, I mean, why? Why couldn't AJ have started teaching him things like about how to order a fucking soda? Why did he have to start with how to say hello and how to say goodbye? Like the moment that word, like he said, "This is how you say goodbye," came up on screen. I was like, "Well, that's it. It's fucking it. Something awful is going to go down." And those two goons, those two, you know, skid mark, those two, you know, the fucking randos. Like, yeah, nobodies, absolute nobodies. No one important, completely disposable character. It could have been a set of flesh-eating beetles, probably, or you know, or a fucking shot. I don't. Um, they they storm in. AG like I think knocks Ash out of the way, and gets shot right around the gut area. Um, Ash gets up, sees what's happened to AG. Uh, well. Full, you know, Doom 2016 rip and tear. He's, he's, oh, he's fucking like, there's nothing but red in his eyes. Um, he gets shot, but he just shrugs it off like, you know, they were just shooting milk duds at him. Um, kills both of them. Uh, one, well, kills the first one. The other one gets away and runs right past Kane, who I was like, wait, Kane, you're not going to, you know, Stop this random dude you've never seen before after gunshots being fired. Kane, like, wake the fuck up, man. Um, but Ash catches up to him, kills him, and in a scene that is intended very much so to be reminiscent of what happened after he killed the scientist man, you know, the yep. brother, yep. who took Shah's brain out and yep. him, uh, he starts plugging him full of lead. Um, Lau tries to intervene but gets his gunshot out of his hand. Uh, Sing intervenes. Good job, Lau. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Re- real, doing real well there. Uh, and I seriously, I was like, I was thinking, but Ash is going to fucking kill this guy and get out of the way. So I, I literally thought it was going to happen. I thought he was just going to shoot Sing right in the head so he could keep killing the guy in front of him. Um, oh, that was fucking sucked. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was rough. Um, Ash goes back to AJ. He's lying there. Um, Kane, I think, is with him, as, um, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, AJ says, with the very limited strength he has left, you're safe. I'm glad. Oh, don't I say suppose. It. His head cocks a little bit to the left. Don't say it. And don't say it. Unfortunately, um, 
Good night, my sweet prince, I guess. And that's the episode. Tune in next week, people, to more funny banana fish. Ah. Can you believe it? The madmen who wrote the show, wrote the manga, actually fucking did it. They actually fucking went and did it. Like, for me, smart money would have been on Ash dying. Crazy as though that sounds, because he is, of course, you know, invincible to all normal means of, you know, being injured or harmed. Like, only, you know, the weapons of gods could truly injure such a thing as he. Uh, but... Smart money for me was on Ash dying, and it was then Asia who was going to have to deal with the aftermath and try and, you know, like honor his memory or something. Uh, but no, uh, these two fucking nobodies, they yes. did, they did what all of the other villains in the show couldn't do or wouldn't do. And yeah. it's just, that alone to me just kind of sells the audacity of it mm-hmm. and, the, and the shock of it. Like, if it had been Blanca doing it, like, the, there would have been nowhere near as much impact because we kind of had some anticipation of him doing that in advance. But this, these guys are literally thing one and thing two from kind of... I don't know who the fuck these two pricks are. I didn't even remember their name until I was played out in chat. It, it, could, it didn't matter. They are disposable things. Like, if they had, if a piano had dropped an AG's head, it would have been the same difference, but mainly not quite as, you know serious but you get my point like they are completely interchangeable with so many different things that it makes it all the more senseless all the more stunning and and just cruel and arbitrary even hmm. and that's the episode i guess and well oof. Well, should we try? Should we try to offer some talking points? I'll go first. Right. Okay. Let's actually talk about the death. Let's just get this underway and then over. I'm going to put a theory out. People are probably going to hate me for this. People are going to fucking hate me for saying this. First off. I think that there's actually a lot in the text that you can read into that's quite clearly hints that this is coming. Because I think in the end, with Age being dead, I think I can conclude that I don't ever think he was truly a fully-fledged character. Bear with me on this, I'm going somewhere. Because we've said before many times, like, Ash gets the lion's share of the character development. Understandably so, because of his history. But Age's character development really starts and ends, or rather his, you know, character arc, Starts and ends with the information we're given earlier on in which he said, you know, like he had failed as a whole boss because of that injury he had suffered. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as actual conflicts go, his only real conflict is the should I stay, should I go dying out with Ash, uh, which is the thing that they end up on here in which he's fully happy to go with Ash's plan here as opposed to going against it or ignoring it or whatever he's done previously. You really got don't... to let me know. Mm-hmm. Bum, 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 bum. Mm-hmm. Um, is there um, something about suffering in that song? What is it? I can't recall. I'll have to listen to it again. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so 
I think in the end he served the purpose he was constructed for the show, which is that he was the source of innocence and goodness that Ash needed in his life at the time. We put a poll up a while back in which we said, you know, is AJ Mr. Right or is Mr. Right? I actually answered Mr. Right now. Because, like, apart from the fact that, you know, he is genuinely kind and wants Ash and actually treats him like a fucking human being, you know, mm-hmm. what what ultimately does he offer to the relationship? Like, what's what's the chemistry here? There is there is nice bands between them, yes, there is that. But for me, I think that he served a function in Ash's life, which was to give him the warmth and comfort he had so long been deprived for, to primarily put some sunlight back into his um, but I don't think that he ever really was meant to function as his own full character, his own arc. Um, precisely because of the fact that the main crux of the conflict in the show has been Ash's... Um, he, indeed, he says it in this episode about how he has blood on his hands. Like, him trying to rediscover his own sense of humanity. To become a regular person again. Someone who's been violated and treated like a beast for so long. There's your animal thing, you know. Treated like an animal. Well... I've said this before on other streams before, but there have been there has been work done that suggests you know if you get told you're like say shit at school, then eventually you will start being shit at school because why not play the role in which you are given? Why not conform to what people think? In Ash's case, why not be the the toilet people think he is? And so, what then in that case, if that's the conflicts of the show, you know, the soul of Ash links being you know a regular person or being just a beast who is used and abused and, like, you know, he's no more than more the tigers that Siegfried and Roy have. Mm-hmm. You know, what ultimately is the final biggest test of his spirit and his soul? It's to lose the light of his life that came in. And now he has to find the light within himself. Hope. After what follows. Because I don't think it's unreasonable for me to say that Blood is going to fucking run through the streets for this. Golzine is going to have, like, every part of him chopped up and fed to the fucking pigeons. He's going to mount Luke Young's head on a spike. Like, all very extreme examples that I'm just coming up out of nowhere here, but I can totally picture Ash's rage causing him to do that. I mean, like I said, it's no coincidence we get the callback, the visual callback of him shooting the guys after dead with what happened with the guy who killed Shorter. So here's the question then. With AG gone now, will Ash be able to get, you know, take off the shackles of the people who have tried to restrain and abuse him, you know, Galzine, Fox, Lou Young even, while still maintaining his humanity? Will he be a beast at the end of the Feral animal, wild animal, still soaking his hands with blood? Or instead, Will he remember the example that was given to him? Mm-hmm. You know, here's the thing, right? There was a film adaptation of H.G. Wells' The Time Machine a couple of years, like about a decade and a bit back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a great film by any means of the measure, although that being said, the material hasn't ironically aged well. I've actually read both that and the authorized sequel. And The Time Machine is more of a class commentary than any actual time travel story. Mm-hmm. However, in the film, uh, the leader of the... Um, they called him the Murlocs, I think it was. Um, he's like this white elfish bastard. Uh, he says something to the effects of, 
we already have time machines with us. Memories take us back. And examples let us go forward. It's true. No, it I is know. Entirely true. Yes. It is entirely true. It is accurate. And in this moment now, Ash has the memories of Asia to always go back to. They're never going to go away as long as he lives. But the question is, will he then use the examples of what he's learned from Eiji um, to, you know, get past this? I mean, also, completely coincidentally, as it turns out, I recently watched Castlevania Season 1 and Season 2. And what's the arc of that for Dracula in that show? Not to, you know, kill every single last person because the person he loves so much was murdered. That's the whole thing his son tries to stop him from doing and ends up having to do so. And indeed, in the end, Dracula stops fighting because of the very fact that he is reminded of that person and the love that they had and the fact that it's causing him to kill his own fucking son. So, I think in the end that, I hate to say it, but I don't think A.G. was ever intended as a complete character. He ser- but that being said, that's not a bad thing into the show. Don't mistake me on this. I think he serves a very clear and important function as the, you know, thing that keeps Ash going. And in the absence of that, what now will drive him onward? Will it be revenge? Will it be bloodlust? Will, that, will they continue in perpetuity? Will he just continue killing? Mm-hmm. Will he become like Golzine 2.0 in his own way? Can't beat him. Why not be like them? Um, no. And so the There's tra- no way. That cannot happen. No. <laughs> that will not happen. No. I refuse to let it. I'll travel back in time and slap the author. Nah, it won't, it won't end like But. Man. Fucking stones on this show, honestly. It's a lot to take in. It is. It is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Eiji was... It was so much more about, like, the experiences he shared with Ash than who, mm-hmm. he, wa- than who he was before he got there, because mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, he was trying to leave that stuff behind anyway. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, in a sense, they're, if you're gonna, you're judging their chemistry, it's hard because, you know, they don't have a ton in common, but that's part of the attraction for them. And, you know, they shared these really meaningful experiences and moments together, but they didn't have all the time in the world to, to talk. But when they did, I thought that that it was pretty meaningful. So, yeah, I mean, and, and you're, I'm not saying this cause you, I mean, you, you said he had a very important function, you know, I just like, yeah, like he did, he didn't have, uh, a lot of character outside of Ash, but I think that's like, Honestly, the design of most of the characters in this show are like they're they're kind of defined by their relationship to this guy. Because it's principally about him in the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the key thing. Like we could certainly talk about like you know Lu Young's own um, backstory and what's happened with him, but in the end, okay. it also really serves to contrast with Ash how he has already fallen over that cliff edge to become like this cruel and callous and manipulative individual. You know, like, 
to borrow a really old and hackneyed phrase, and regressive. Um, both Ash and Luke Young, they stared into the abyss. It was Luke Young that blinked so. In the, that's the way I see it. Well, in so many ways, they were both forced to, you know, like, like I guess everybody, oh, yeah. everybody oh, is. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. They they were, but their reaction to it is what the yeah is what counts. And Luke Young has already like Luke Young has already gone over that cliff edge. Yeah. Um, Ash is not. And indeed, I must say, like, the thing that happens here is we actually see Luke Young climb a little bit back up that cliff within this interaction with Blanca. Mm-hmm. He becomes a little less of an asshole. Just a tiny bit. Smidgen. Like, maybe if you look real close under a microscope, you might spot that tiny kernel of his heart that's back his chest cavity. Mm. Yeah, so, Apino, man, I don't want to... I don't want to rehash everything that we've talked about before regarding the platonic soulmate stuff. I yeah no I'm yeah do agree. Um, I, I'm aware of that. There just there were issues I had about that before, but I definitely made my peace with them. Um, uh, also, mirror like I agree. I thought. I didn't know if anyone would share that opinion with me because it's ultimately his fault that AG is, you know, is in heaven now. So I thought everyone would just merely want him to die. Uh, <laughs> Lung. But like, it's sort of, you know, you bring up an interesting point about Lung and Ash both staring into the abyss. And they both did it when they were so young. Like, he was, Lung was like, six years old when his mom was killed in front of him and ash wasn't that much older when he was first abused and then not too long after that where he kind of got sold into this life of shittiness and and just awful so like i mean the fact that one kind of became like i mean they're both killers but one seems to have like virtue and principle and the other is more twisted it almost seems like unfair to blame them i mean what kind of chance did you Lung have to have a good life and no. grow up not well, that way it's a miracle that ash is this way like at least yeah. you well know. this is this is the thing like you know the, i suppose one of the questions the show is asking is do we still have the choice the ability to choose after so lifetime of abuse and neglect do we still have the ability to choose the better? Can we, you know, rise above it? Me, Ash, for the most part, has done that, although there have certainly been moments in which he has, you know, gone, um, you know, psychotic, like when he's been shooting the guys after they're dead. Uh, just as an aside, uh, Emily, he, the guy is literally playing checkers in this. He has become the chess master. That's that's your uh, that's your peak Luke Young moment where he's like moving things around on a board. Although I, I actually would still probably find Monopoly really fucking because I know I do. Fuck that. Game. Ugh. Anyway, <clears throat> so I've said before, like as well, things seem about to be the, really. About... I'm sorry, go... I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Um, I've said before, like about the thematic, you know, comparison between. Ash links the dawn, the sun versus Luke Young, the moon. He is literally wearing a moon-shaped earring slash hair braid, whatever it is. You mm-hmm. know, it's all there. the The answers 
Like, it's all thematically there. And I suppose the question now is, what will happen between the two of them? Because Golzine, oddly enough now, has had most of the heat taken off of him. <laughs> like, in a weird kind of way. That doesn't, by the way, of course, absolve him of his crimes. I still want that fucker to die a horrible and gruesome death. Feed him fucking piranhas for all I care. You know, let let something really... Well, actually, no, I don't want to feed them junk, so anyway. Um, but what happens between those two characters now is probably the most interesting thing that will remain in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, is Luke Yulon going to live? I, I, do, I, I feel it's doubtful. You know, the option will always be there for Ash to, you know, spare him if he, if he ultimately wins a victory over him, leaves him, you know, destitute, breaks his power base. Who could say? And, but, and that right there, if Ash spares Utlum, that will be like the ultimate fuck you to his ideals. That will, that could break him psychologically because, like you said, I mean, and like, I think I was talking about this a few episodes ago. Uh, Yulung really admires Ash and sees him as kind of this deity, this demon or god or whatever. And that's why he just hates Eiji, right? He hates the connection to the human that that gives Ash the sort of weakening. He thinks people should exist to worship Ash or to like collide with him and get crushed by the him. Li- the lion should not be along the, among the lambs, right? Unless to feed on them. And like he wants to raise him up because he wants to raise up this great rival for himself. It turns out in addition to like killing off his family that killed his mom, he's got this other like idea of like raising this kind of generational rival, this equal that he can take down. But if like, if they clash after Eiji is killed, so theoretically, you know, Ash should like be without his weak point. He should be pure deity. But then the the noble kind of ideals of Eiji continue to live on through him and he spares Yutlung. That'd be the ultimate like you know, leap uh 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 piling hot coals on the top of Yutlung. That would just you know Well I'd actually sell the literal hot coals as well. That'd be perfectly <laughs> <laughs> That'd be okay. Uh, so yeah, that's my long torturous point essentially on I don't mind AG not being a full flesh character because I think that, like we said before, maybe it's better to take the show on its own terms. And now it seems clear to me that that's the terms it was meant on, that he was right for him at the time. And maybe potentially after that, who could say? But mm-hmm. that now is Ash's final test, his true test of his character and his true nature. Is he an animal or is he? Is he devil or angel? You know. Is he? Is he? You know, god or mortal? Like, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Manira wouldn't care less if he died in a ditch. Look, I get it after this episode. I do. Um. I. I still. Yeah, I, I feel a lot of sadness for him, and and why like, you know, it seems very unjust, but like I want him to find some peace as well. I mean, I'm in Ash first and foremost. I don't know if those two things can happen, and 
this, you know, in the same world, but. Mm. Mm. So, like, can we talk about that hug and how incredible it was? That was like. And I hadn't even thought of it. I hadn't even thought of it, like, after seeing. Like, I'm connecting it up with the last scene, you know, the death. Um, which, by the way, Blue Sea said it hasn't been confirmed that he's dead. I I want to believe. I want to believe that he lives. Like, but I'm going to pretend like the worst case scenario is the reality. But it, so, so. Can I just address that very quickly? Oh, yeah, yeah. I am of the opinion that I think that if AG did live, it would be a bit of a cop-out just for dramatic sake. I think his death actually serves a very strong dramatic point now that Ash must truly be his own person. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, like, it's a good thing that he's dead. It's fucking awful. You it's want him to Richard. die, you heartless it's Richard. piece. Oh. <laughs> well, right, wearing black shirt, you know, I'm clearly, you know, I'm clearly evil. Sorry. Uh, and plus, I've also written fiction in which horrible things happen to Anyway, you get... Um, but... Otherwise, if he did live, it would just serve as a kind of bait and switch. <gasps> but that being said, you can't can also combine the two. What if there was a moment in which Ash was so depraved, so barbaric, so bloodthirsty, and then, you know, he makes the ch- ch- choice not to be that because he thinks of how Agey would react, and then Agey comes back. Okay, we can have best of both worlds. I'm on board with that. There we go. You know, since this is banana fish. A bait and switch wouldn't be too out of place. Ha! 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, that was... That was painful. (laughs) Also, ten goals each stars. What the fuck? What kind of twisted Mario game is this? (laughs) The fuck? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Look, I know I'm bald, but not all bald men are evil. I mean, there was Kane from Command and Conquer, yes. Uh, there was also oh, there's shit. so many bald villains. Mister Freeze, um, um, Lex Luthor, the Kingpin. Okay, you can stop now. <laughs> you, you're good. Your point has been made, my good sir. Oh. Anyway, yeah, carry on, carry on, carry on. Yeah, no, just wanted to, like the hug in context of the ending is just brutal to think about. I mean, the thing, the, the, the person that saved Ash, I mean, he's literally saved him, you know, uh, I can't, I oh, it's like thinking about it in terms of the email that we read about for, you know, being a trauma victim and, and giving up your body to a hug, uh, <laughs> I will not, Tallulah Bell. I will continue to make horrible puns. <laughs> but, like... Uh, it, just like you said, to see him shake and then kind of, like, lean into it and take refuge mm-hmm. in the hug, take refuge in Asia, was so powerful. And then, like, everything at the end, you know... uh even before teaching Japanese, right when, when, when Ag is saying, you know, I didn't want you to have to hold a gun anymore. 
and Ash is like, you know, I have to go. And she's like, no, you're like, you could come to Japan. You can come with me. And we can... We can know. go on the farm together, George. You don't... George, we can go on the farm together. You don't need a, you, know? you don't need a gun. You know, you don't you can you can do whatever you want and then like starts, you know, I'll do anything for you. Like I need you. Like you're important to me. I care about you. Like it's all coming I wanna out. know it's all what love is. There's a reason okay. Because I sound like a Rottweiler being fed for a wood chip. I wanna Sorry. feel what love is. Meanwhile, the uh, Heat Lung is there singing What is Love, Baby Don't Hurt Me. <laughs> oh, Blacker Don't Hurt Me. No, mo- no. <laughs> this could go some strange places, so we'll- I'll can that there. Um, but yeah, I'm in agreement. I'm in absolute agreement that... By the way, can I just point something out to people who uh, might not know this about our own casters app? Um, so we have mentioned before that we have uh, been recording, at least in part, Macross Delta. Uh, which we watched recently. Uh, uh, TLDR, great show. Problematic. Oh, incredible show. In... Problematic, on, like, could have been better in so many ways, but still really great even then. Incredible! Yes. Um, so here's the thing, right? Blew my mind to find out that Ash's voice actor is Hayate from that show. And my respect for this guy is just going up and up and up and up because he handles this material, this incredibly painful, emotionally and intimate material, you know, traumatic as well, with the gravity and the nuance it deserves. Like, he is a fine... I mean, Ayate was a fairly straight-cut, like, mm-hmm. character. There wasn't much demanded of him in terms of range or emo. I mean, there were bits of pops here and there, but let's be quite brutally honest here. It's not a candle compared to what he's pulled off here. Oh no! So no, no. all accolades, all accolades, to this man for doing such a great job. Uh, I don't have his name tag unfortunately because I am an awful uh, hack as a podcaster. I'm very sorry to say. Uh, we will be going through it in more detail when we do Delta. Uh, but I just thought I bring yeah. that up. He's in crazy. Really outdid himself with this performance. There's big, big, more big things in store for uh, for him as a say. You, uh, Cheetah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cheetah San is. Legitimately a great voice actor. I'm genuinely impressed by it. And, like, I say, hi, I'd say fairly plain cut character. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with that. No. Sometimes people don't demand a lot of it. But I'm genuinely impressed with his work in this show. He is given this... He's given the dignified pain that Ash required. And they certainly sold it. So, like, um... Uh, yeah, Emily mentioned something important about the hug scene. The fact that the music drops out mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah. Like, don't need, they don't need to say anything. Yep. The, the accent <sighs> itself speaks louder than any words they could have said. Right. Understanding and mutual understanding. Like, Ash hasn't said to anyone at that point, like, what has actually happened to him specifically. For all they know, he could have simply been roughed up, you know. And so not only not only is the love of Ash's life gone, right? Like the his um what what if you want a romantic, platonic, whatever, like the person he cared about most gone, right? Um hmm. 
I think when that happens to to us, we can we are in a better position oftentimes to take it because we have support systems or at, at the very least a small group of people, maybe we maybe even one other person with whom we feel safe and we can lean on. That's gone for Ash now. The only his only safe zone. Not not just his love, but the only place he ever felt safe. Gone. No one else can he trust. No one else does he feel safe around. No one else can touch him. Like his loss is so like it's so fucking deep, man. Uh, and now he's like gonna be alone to carry that because he's not gonna share that burden with anyone. I mean, maybe down the road if they both live, maybe Max, they could be Fred. But it's hard to see even Max getting getting that close. Uh, Can I just pitch something that I think yeah. may happen, quote unquote? Um, just to throw out there, what if Max and Jessica adopted Ash as their second son? I'm sorry. Oh, yes. No, I mean that could be that could be good. That could be good. Ash, it, it, Ash Lobo. It, it's Ash got a Lobo. ring to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, could I could see that happening because here's the thing, right? Um, I'm gonna just I'm not gonna go into this because as Doc rightly alluded to, it's not our place to really say on the meaning of this particular scene. But the one between him and Jessica, I think in some way that was trying to be a little bit like her being a motherly figure to him. A little bit, because they were sharing related experiences. I could certainly see, you know, Max certainly looking after his son, because he'd say he's, indeed, he's the only genuine father figure Ash has ever had. Not his biological father, not his, you know, adoptive rapey father, regressively. Uh, so, I could see that happening. Maybe that might be the silver lining or the good ending, you know, that he deserves now that the other door could very well be closed forever. Who can say? Um, I have one other talking point I want to bring up, and this is like this is just a really technical kind of thing, and it's kind of something Daft to end on. Um, I maybe should have done these back to front, but then again, I wanted to address the actual death right away. Um, I want to talk about something in storytelling that involves multiple languages. Now, maybe this is a bit crass and tactless of me to bring this up, given it happens immediately before the death of AJ. Death Asterix. Oh, I, TVD. Saw, I saw this. Thing. I think I saw what you're going to talk about, but go ahead. Um, so here's the thing, right? For me, when you're in dealing with fiction set in uh, modern day, um, if you're only ever dealing with characters who speak in a single language, it's you're free to dub that language as you, as you wish. So if you're, for example, dealing with characters who speak exclusively as English, then of course they can all speak in Japanese for the sake of the dub. That I mean, that's where the material originates from. It was made in Japan dubbed by Japanese voice actors, voice by Japanese voice actors, it all makes sense. But here we actually have two characters going between different languages, one who ostensibly speaks English as his first language, and the other is Japanese, and they're trying to cross over. Call me mad, call me crazy here, but I think the show may potentially have been a little better off if Ash, and, and I'm not dissing you or Cheetah at all, he does it really, really well. But as a technical point, I think the show might have been a little bit more better off if Ash was voiced and all the other characters were voiced by English actors and then Eiji and Ebay, of course, were voiced by Japanese actors. 
to then, you know, get that language barrier in a little bit and help sell a little bit how different worlds these people are. Now, I'm ultimately, of course, very, very happy with what we've got. Yumi Uchida is great. All the voice actors, generally speaking, are really solid. But just from a technical level, when you try to have characters speak in different languages, having him go from Japanese to Japanese to teaching Japanese doesn't quite work, if you follow my meaning. I do. I think... They couldn't. I don't think that they could have crammed another thing in the show. <laughs> you know. What no, I mean? no, of course. Um, it's, I'm, it, I'm not holding it against the episode. I should stress because it's no, a, yeah. I mean, but I mean the show, the show overall, because that's another interesting element of them coming together is overcoming this language barrier. Yeah. To to communicate to really yeah. understand each other, but like yeah. you know, you just kind of that is an element that has to be kind of glossed over. Um, it does. Yeah. The, if this were the a assumption, book, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Suspension of disbelief the show asks of you, and I think is reasonable, is that just to assume that Eiji speaks fluent English. Because it's, I mean, it's established quite clearly by now that Ash does not understand um, Japanese, so obviously the common ground must be English, I'm guessing. Um, so that's fine. I'm just pointing this out there as an observation that this could have been something that could have been explored differently, maybe, but that would require complete recasting of most of the show, which is obviously a bit unreasonable. I mean, you're not going to start piloting in, you know, like Yuri Lowenthal or, you know, co like that, Liam O'Brien and such to come and do uh, the voice acting for this show, uh, for, just for Japan's sake as well. Um, but I'm just making that literally as an observation because I think yeah. that this is something I would like shows to do more if they get the opportunity to do so, although I do appreciate the pragmatic and monetary issues involved practically well. Ooh, who would we cast? Shit. Um, that's a rough thing to ask. Johnny Young Bosch as everyone. <laughs> if this were a 90s dub, he would be like three of the characters. No, He'd be um... AG and like three of the unnamed thugs. <laughs> um, I actually, you know what? I'm, call me crazy here, but I think Liam O'Brien, who you might know as Akihiko from Persona 3, mm. I reckon he would probably do a good Ash, actually. Huh. Yeah, sure. That would be... It'd be interesting to see him play a, 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 a smart, nuanced character. Yeah, Kiko's not a dumbass. I won't, I won't. Well, he is in the fucking fighting game. They make him a dumb... That's, like, my well, memory fighting, has been tainted. Game, because he's such an idiot. Dumb, the fighting game is written by dumbasses, though, so we don't talk about it. No, he's... he's No, he's great in 3. He's, um... Uh... Uh, uh, you know, on the simpler side than Ash, but no, he's an awesome character. I love Akihiko. I hate the um, for for him and Chie both. I feel like that they w- made them just like fifty percent dumber in that goddamn game. <laughs> like, food, the game was... meat, fighting, <laughs> like no, like, so stupid. God, they're dumb. Well, um, well, it was written with the same level of you know intellectual. Um, and fought as, you know, seven-minute abs. <laughs> the New York accents. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't they try no, to no, do no. that with uh, Firo in the Bacano dub? I feel like that was a thing. Uh, that would have happened. Like, yeah, get over here. It's oh, Satan in a barrel. <laughs> um, We'd have to get the guy who voiced the Alpha classic Pokemon. He would oh, have yeah. to voice <laughs> I think that that person passed away, though. I think that the, the classic oh. English dub voice 
of uh, of Meowth. I believe that mm, wasn't it Wendy Lee, or am I misremembering here? No, when, I think Wendy was um, Jesse, right? Uh, pass, <laughs> pass, <laughs> pass. But anyway, yeah. Um, just a technical observation, but I maybe that can be addressed. But the thing is, as we said before, like the, this show is already over stuff with stuff. Um. Which is just really more the fault of you know television standards. Yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm still trying to imagine like that this this show is still superb. Don't get me wrong, but imagine if it had a, another course, so it's 36 rather than 24. I think that would have given it sufficient room to breathe. Can someone like so back in my day? Back in my day. Back bruh. in my day. As a young anime fan in the late nineties, we called them seasons. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when, when I, I mean, I can roughly date online when I started hearing people call them coors. But like, why? When? When did this become? I guess like when maybe like all of one show was was airing across multiple television seasons but they didn't want to call it season one and two but then just don't seasons can be longer than 12 episodes or 13 episodes <laughs> they can be as long as they want like, well this is the thing it's an, it's an anachronism of old television programming because it had to be a certain amount of time mm-hmm. the in, you know, literal seasons of the year depending on I mean Christmas seasons of course you demand festive stuff you know, you don't want to have summery shows necessarily, but you get the idea. It's mm-hmm. surprisingly based on the weather. But now that we're in the area of, you know, streaming where people can watch what they want, when they want, it's irrelevant. It's, you know, it's no longer necessary. All right. I've said all I want to say about, I've said all I want to say about the, uh, the episode. Um, well, I have another thing to say. Go on, hit me. Uh, um, we have not talked at all about the i think kind of cryptic line from blanca uh and he says i used to think asia was ash's wink point but not anymore what does that what do you what do you think that means i have some ideas but what what do you think it means or would you like me to go first no go i i I, go on so like you put a lot more thoughts me i would confess i probably bullshit about you for as much as i do everything (laughs) yeah go on go on uh, so I, I feel like this is Blanca, you know, saying that, you know, it's been a while since he's seen Ash before this most recent kind of turn of events. And I think he thought he knew him and he thought he knew it was best for him, you know, like, well, when, early on when he shows up in the scenes, like you fall in love with this Japanese boy. I mean, yeah, he's, he's hot and stuff, but look. Look, it's only going to drag you down. I know you, okay? Like, I know what you need to do. I know what you're like. You don't need this shit. This is going to get you killed. But observing Ash and his newfound behavior and attitude and actions, I think he sees how much strength Ash draws from AG and how he's come to... um, Rely on him might not be the best way to put it because then you could construe that as a weak point but just maybe how strong 
they kind of are growing together because AG has certainly grown a lot stronger. Um, and Ash is not behaving like, oh no, fragile AG so much these days. Um, so I think maybe he was firing a gun in this episode. Yeah. He was taking pot shots at armed soldiers. Like, that's right. Wow. I think he's like, that's just an acknowledgement on Blanca's part of saying like, you know, um, AG is a great strength to, to Ash. And I was wrong about that before. I hear you on that. He's not um, just he's not just a vulnerability. You know. Well, the thing is like the I think for me, like the idea of vulnerability is that you take someone down by you overutilizing a vulnerability. We've all played RPGs in our time. You know, you always hit the weak spot for massive. The problem is, is that some <laughs> against probably RPG mentality, when you knock someone down to low HP, uh or even, you know, take them out entirely, they can come back in a second form. <laughs> as Ash is going to. And he's going to kill a fuck ton of people. So, while I think that they were right in addressing him as a vulnerability, I think Blanca's trying to phrase it a little differently here, where maybe his warning's not so much that it's something that will bring him down. Ah, yeah. Yeah, okay. He's actually the, rabbit- the, he's the damn brooking the fucking storm and tidal wave that will be unleashed upon you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, That's right. The true fire fight. Eye, bro. <laughs> Man. Yeah. No, that's a, that's an interesting way of putting it too. Yeah. I get you. Mm. Okay. Right. Uh, I think we're, um, we've we made our that. way through it. We got through it. You were, you're brave. A brave lad, a brave soul. You you did your duty to the best of your ability. You did us proud. You did Aji proud. Can I just say that I refuse? Can I just say that I... I... Are you doing Amazing Grace? I thought I was, I was trying to do taps. <laughs> Which is what we play for fallen soldiers and such. All right, um, I'm going to stun you all. I refuse to rate this episode. Plow, fucking refuse. Okay. Uh... Um, there's a very good reason for that, because, like, I said before, like, in my talking point about what happens next, and I think racing this episode before knowing what happens next seems pointless. Like, okay, I'll be fair. Um, like, the stuff with Fox, fuck that just felt very perfunctory we you know okay maybe not so much because it was the inciting event for them the hug which is fine but he's still the non-villain the non-entity the you know the stale puff of air you know in the show so fuck that guy don't care about him uh the hug stuff great um we got some scenes for you know so when i say that like you know i can't really step so i can still talk about it as being like good but i think this is one of the few times that it will ever do a stream of thought where to me, I can't rate this on its own because it's very clearly an incredibly key piece of what happens next. So I flat out refuse. I mean, do you really want me to say five out of five you killed AG and you did a good job of it? Fuck oh, that, I can't oh, say that. No, no, no. I no, can't no. 
say that with a straight face. Come on. I mean, so, uh, I, I think it refusal was... Refusal out of five, then. Uh, for girl guides. Um, so, like... Yeah, I mean, I think it was a very emotionally resonant episode, though. You know what I mean? I think we, oh, can, yeah. we can judge it, like... Uh, the storytelling of it and the, the impact of it and everything. But, I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah... I think I agree. I think I'll abstain uh, with you for rating this episode. You know, I'll rate it like five Totoro squeezes that I needed <laughs> to get through it yeah. out of infinity. Um, it is five never-ending stories out of five. They, with the fucking sea, the horse, and the horn. Five out of five brave little toasters. How many? How many horrible things? Five out of five. Uh, Toy Story Freeze when they're going in the incinerator. How many you know things do you always reference? That was heartbreaking. Don't don't you mock me for that. I was there like the bastards. They're gonna do it. I know. Fucking kill a ball. Oh my god. They didn't know. They claw because they pussied out. Um. What is Plague F? By the way. What? Did <laughs> he? I had to pause it and rewind a couple times to read some of the graffiti in the background after they escaped. Oh, who, one who, just said "Plague F." <laughs> what is who, "Plague F"? Is this a uh, is this a Camus reference now? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I genuinely do not. Know. No, it's good. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, Apanovi. No, don't be sorry. It's that's super good. Not uh, sorry. Is it true? It's fucking true. All right, let's. All right then. Twitter. See, Twitter. Uh, so you can find me at Shane Ten Ten and also at Curious no, Cat Baby. Time out. Nope. No. 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 Step back. We have to. We have to restate our own Twitter polls. Oh yes, there are three. Ahem. Does Nobuyushi Arai hate all of us? Yes or no? Yep. In the early days, 86% say yes. Remember, you can He's vote on just... these polls at Waru Desho Twitter. Um, they will be up for a week. Uh, does hashtag banana fish have the best hugs in anime? 90% say yes. There's a lot of votes on that Ooh. one early. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on that for a while because I think I need to give that a good thing. I mean, there's uh, some very strong hugs in anime, it must be said. Do you regret everything now? Forty percent say I do. This is a three person. So the choices are: I do, not everything, and I already did. Forty percent say I do. I have to those, say, Silver Bell. Those are the I, I really, I really hope as a background detail at some point, there's just Dick of the Goblins was here, <laughs> like you know, spray paint somewhere. That'd be great. I'd be in for that. All right. So, uh, what Jim- was it? Harlem chicken. <laughs> Harlem, Harlem chicken. chicken. Checking it. I hope. I, I hope that he has like a like a properly designed logo with like a chicken with a like a sports mm-hmm. jacket and a baseball bat. I thought he looks like Feathers McGraw from Wallace and Gromit. Anyway, um. Oh. So Twitter, you can find me at Shane and Sensen and at CuriousCat.me forward slash Shane Sensen. You can hit me up there for anything you like. And you, Doc, uh, at the Subtle Doctor on Twitter. Um. And uh, a couple things. One, uh, if all of you think Shadon is as clever and funny as I do, um, and I very much do, 
uh, I have put up uh, this. This had been in the iTunes feed for a while, but I put this on YouTube uh, on Friday. Oh, the uh, the review, the uh, Zyvox reviews Ren Daughters of Namasani, and oh, yeah, and uh, boy. I, I was listening to that again, and it was so funny. Like, the writing in it makes me so happy. So uh, even if you haven't seen it, it's worth listening to because it's just a lot of really good jokes that are bad jokes that come back around to being good ones. Uh, I, I still I still have to say, like, I don't like to play my own, uh, to my own horn usually, but I'm still very proud of the, you know, uh, honeymooning at Mar-a-Lago is the worst thing ever. <laughs> I know. The vacation. <laughs> It's all. It's just wonderful, and uh, our our lovely mascot question mark Zyvox the unyielding uh, narrates it, and I'm gonna. There's another one that he did of mouse that I'm going to put up uh, at some point oh, as well. Don't remind me of that show. <laughs> because, that show feels like it was specifically designed to destroy my childhood and also just my sanity. It's shitty Lupin, uh, but like all of you guys need to watch it and say, hey, Shadon, get Zyvox to appear more often and review more things because it makes me so good. Um, that involves me watching shit out of me. I just, said, I just said it makes me so good. It makes me happy and feel good. <laughs> to say. Um, it's lovely. Uh, the other thing, of course, is that in two days we will be streaming again. It will be our... 300 plus subs stream uh, in which we'll be watching terrible things. I can confirm that one of those things is Mars of Destruction. Oh, fuck. And, uh, yeah. Um, oh, Manira did listen to it, Shadon. It says, it's great. Uh, you'll have to I... pass that message on to Zyvox because, of course, you're not actually Zyvox. You're just his, like, agent. Um, it's not you also, doing you... a voice. Oh, so... Or so you think. <laughs> it's not you in a human shell. Uh, you've mm. really been an insectoid, evil. No, I'm 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 like the um, I'm like the cockroach from Men in Black hiding in the skin suit. Mira says there was another graffiti that said, "I want your fudgy body." <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, mm. That's really good. Uh, yeah. So uh, Wednesday, Vorgelia will be with us. The first lady of Watery Desha will be back uh, in her uh, in her rightful place, and oh, I got to scroll down. Okay, so Shadon signing off early. I will. I'll take us home. Don't worry about that. Um. So, like I say, uh, two days. Us three will be watching bad shit, talking about it live. Um, visit Shadon on Twitter at Shadon1010. Me at The Subtle Doctor. Subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud. Give us likes, give us follows, share us. Help our discoverability. Thank you all so much, so much. And like Mira said, we'll watch terrible anime together to heal our souls from banana fish. Absolutely true. So... For the next uh, 48 hours, we bid you adieu and say, as we do at the end of every stream, embrace each other, everyone, to the ends of the universe. Good night. (laughs) 